Technology Review. As always, I'm your host, Brian Folk, civil litigator and author of the Cyber Advocate blog, helping lawyers and legal professionals harness technology to improve their practice. Really excited about our guest today. Before I get to that, though, I just have to remind everybody that you can head over to iTunes and subscribe to the Legal Technology Review. You can also subscribe to us on any of your favorite podcasting apps. If you're an iOS user, the favorite here at TCA is Overcast. Definitely good. You also want to recommend that you hop on social media, share us with anyone who you uh, feel can benefit from this podcast, or, you know, just randomly shout us on the street. That's fine, too. Okay. Really happy to welcome our guest today, Michael Chasen, CEO of Lexicata. Michael, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm actually I'm really excited to talk to you today because this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart in that it sort of fits within the mantra of the cyber advocate. I've, I've, I founded the cyber advocate under a kind of a basic premise of I want to replace the legal pad. That's my goal. Once, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm searching for the technology that will replace the legal pad. And as I tell pretty much everyone who I have the ability to, uh, hasn't happened yet. Um, one of the big things that I've been looking for is I've been looking for a contact management system that doesn't make me feel like I'm entering a bunch of random information to be stored away, never used, and more, and worse than that, never have an effective purpose. And I've been dying for someone to create a true CRM system for law. And you know what? It's uh, your Lexicata is about the only one out there that I've found that's designed for lawyers. Yeah, I mean that's really what what we've aimed to do. Uh, you know, re- really, Brian, we kind of stumbled on this um, accidentally. Um, what we originally intended to do, and it's kind of a, a deeper story that I'm not going to get into right now, but we had started with an initial company, which was more of a lead generation marketplace for lawyers, where we would, you know, basically um, have clients, you know, connect with attorneys, almost like a Angie's List or a Yelp type of thing, um, where you can kind of, you know, get projects. And we found out that lawyers had a really, really poor sales and client intake process that not only the the clients were complaining about because they would say oh i came to a, a tech website and i basically um you know these these lawyers were sending me pdfs and paper files and asking me to come in and it's, it's like getting the way i always describe it is like getting into an uber and at the end the uber driver said okay that'll be 1250 in cash and you're like wait what i just ordered this on my phone i have to pay with cash it's the same type of thing so basically we created a client intake system for that first company. And it kind of got so popular on its own that it got spun out as a separate product. The natural segue from that product was what our, our, our users, aka the lawyers, were telling us was, hey, this is awesome that we can do online forms and e-signature and automatically generate documents and all this type of stuff. But you're helping me track people from step two. I want to go, I want to go out that in step one. So the CRM was a natural segue from that client intake is you need a place to keep people and manage your contacts. And then from there, it's kind of blossomed into, okay, well now you can track your referrals and your professional relationships and that kind of stuff as well. Before we get too far in here, let's uh, just in case anyone out there doesn't know what CRM is. And actually I think it'd be uh, the more likely is the opposite. For those of you who do know CRM, I applaud you. Michael, tell, tell everyone what CRM really means. Yeah, so CRM stands for Contact Relationship Management. So effectively, what it's built for has kind of like two different purposes, depending on what type of contact it is. If it, uh, I mean, the end goal is to drum up business, right? That's really what, what it's there for. Um, but it really has two purposes. For a, if you're tracking a prospective client, it's really about nurturing that sales cycle and getting them through the process from what I call initial contact until retention. And then for the other people, such as, you know, if I'm, if I'm a lawyer and I'm, you know, going to 
to an event and I meet someone or I go to court and I you know, meet the opposing attorney and I want to do something with the card, I want to enter into a system and basically have a way to um, maintain and further develop that relationship because six months down the road, I might want to think, oh, you know, I want to I want to go after all these people who are real estate attorneys. Maybe I started a real estate arm of my practice. I want to email every real estate attorney I know. Well, now you'll have a systematic way of doing that because you will have categorized them in the system. So basically what it is is almost like a smart Excel spreadsheet for managing your contacts. I like that. I like that description. Actually, it's it seems to me you know every every time you see it, you see CRM, you'd see contact relationship management or client relationship management. And what's interesting is it really should be like a client slash relationship management or a contact slash relationship because it's contact management and it's relationship management. It's and those two are really very different things. I think that you know a lot of people think of contacts, you know, their contact list as you know your Outlook contacts. One of the things that I found as I was in my search was the company Full Contact, and I've done a full trial on their system, and they've got a a pretty cool little system that. Uh, searches out public information and updates and keeps your contacts updated. But there's very little, you know, in the way of linking your individual contacts to a company. So, for example, if I wanted to see a tree structure of who of my contacts work for LexisNexis, it's not designed to do that. If I want to schedule follow-ups or identify what one of the things is referrals, if someone refers me, you know, a bunch of people, like I want, when I look at a client, I want to know who referred that client to me. But when I also look at one of my referral sources, I also want to be able to see a list of the people that referral source has referred. And so it's you know interesting interconnection that I think that a lot of contact systems, well, they're simply not designed for it. Yeah. And I think also uh, you have to think about what these CRMs are traditionally built for. I like to think that we're really the only true CRM for legal, at least at this point yeah. in time, I'm sure more will crop up down the road. Um, but a lot of you know practice management solutions and whatnot will claim to be CRMs, but they're really not. Um, all they are is a contact database, right? And I think that's um, I think it's like you know calling your iPhone or your Android phone a CRM is a mistake because a CRM isn't a place to have a list of contacts because you can do that in Excel spreadsheet. A CRM is a way for you to interact with them and connect with them. But um, going back to your point about being able to link and see this decision tree and all this type of stuff is if you think about what CRMs have been traditionally built for is the enterprise structure. Companies like Lexicata, companies like Clio, companies like Microsoft, people that have to do sales, right? And the thing is, is that when you were looking at, you know, that that product that you, you mentioned, Full Contact, which we actually had an integration with them at some point in time to pull in social media, um, basically for those companies, what they're looking for is they're going to get a list of a thousand hot leads and then they're going to go r- pump them into the system and say like, okay, how am I connected? Tell me about them. How long have they been at the company and all this type of stuff for lawyers, that kind of stuff isn't as important, right? We're not doing cold sales. We're not going out there and soliciting clients. It's mainly about someone who comes in my door, whether it be my office door or my social door. I want a way to keep track of them and keep them in the system and maintain that relationship. So I think um, that's a reason why CRMs historically haven't been adopted by lawyers is one, they don't actually convert clients or leads into clients. That's the, that's the one thing, which is why we've combined our CRM with a client intake sure. software. And two, the traditional sales cycle for a law firm is completely and utterly different than the traditional sales cycle for an enterprise company, which is what every CRM like Salesforce or Insightly or you know all these companies will focus on is because they focus on the sales cycle of a normal enterprise cycle, not a law firm, which is completely different. That's an interesting point. It's uh, in, whereas a 
a, a large sales company might at the beginning of their client acquisition structure would be developing awareness. So even that first phone call is the idea is what you're trying to do is you're contacting them to make sure that when they need you, you're their first call. Whereas you know, one of my biggest piece of advice to lawyers who ask that, you know, that question, what's your first step is get on Twitter and get and start a blog because that's how you, you know, people who are thinking they might need legal advice, but don't necessarily need it now are going to, you know, they do look around. They do, they're interested in the topic before they know they need a lawyer. And so a blog post that establishes your expertise for a lawyer is along the same part of the sales funnel as that cold call to a potential, you know, a potential customer. It's the starting point. It's, it's how you become the first name they think of, but they are so completely different. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, I think you hit the nail right on the head. And I think it's a, a timing thing too. Um, you know, some people, you know, I, there are some areas of law where that enterprise sales cycle does kind of come into play. So for instance, if you're like trying to become an outside general counsel for a company, sometimes, you know, you have to sit there for six months, 12 months, 18 months, 24 months until the companies hit a certain um, threshold that they can afford, you know, an outside GC or, or even an in-house, uh, you know, outsourced um, GC is what I would kind of call it, um, or you know something like a patent or whatnot. But when you're talking about a DUI, the traditional legal premise, right? Um, DUIs, criminal, um, personal injury, maybe some estate planning, bankruptcy. Most of the people are pretty quick to retain, especially on the plaintiff's bar and the small firms. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, especially small firms. I mean, big firms, right? People are vying for business. Those are a normal sales cycle, which is why they're going to be more using a traditional CRM like a Salesforce or whatnot, because that's a lot more in line with what they're doing. Um, but for the average firm, it's really overkill. And, mm -hmm. and as we all know, um, by your blog and every other blog and any other technology out in the industry, lawyers aren't great with technology overall when you, come, when, you, when you go compared to a normal industry. So what happens is when you throw this super sophisticated technology where you can set up drip marketing campaigns <laughs> and automated emails and triggers and all that kind of stuff, what it ends up being is one, way too expensive, and two, way too complicated to set up and third and most importantly is impossible for your staff members to adopt it because a $10 legal assistant per hour or a $25 or $40 paralegal per hour doesn't have any training in technology and all they want to do is do their job and if you get in their way with technology it's going to make their job more difficult right so you have to find that that balance between power efficiency and ease of use which is why we haven't tried to build every single um, feature under the sun because again we know who's using the software going to be the paralegals and the secretaries and the receptionists and then, and then yes obviously the lawyers too but people aren't tech savvy which is why again traditional crm just doesn't work for a law firm we're here talking to michael jason ceo of lexicata about crm and what what we think crm can do for for law firms and hopefully they all agree you're listening to the legal technology review we'll be back in just a second if you're enjoying this podcast Head over to iTunes and look up the Legal Technology Review or the Cyber Advocate and go ahead and leave us a rating and review. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe to the Legal Technology Review podcast and never miss an episode on tools and technology for lawyers and legal service professionals. We are back. We are talking to Michael Chasen, the CEO of Lexicata, about CRM and I'd like to ask you, what is your philosophy for maintaining relationships? Because, I mean, there has to be a philosophy underlying a, a system like Lexicata. What, what's important for you to do, to do well, and why? Um, so I think, I think it's uh, 
I, it's hard to kind of generalize that because it's kind of, again, it kind of goes back to that fundamental um, aspect of defining what a CRM is, right? Whether you're maintaining a relationship or you're trying to nurture a relationship um, that is a potential lead into a sale. So I think there are different, there are different purposes or needs depending on what type of contact it is. But for me, it's uh, what I've kind of learned and I take a lot of pieces from non-legal, right? So from, you know, I'll look at what Salesforce does and I'll look at what um, even just normal companies do that, you know, are just startups and, you know, we're very, you know, we're a startup ourselves. So we're very heavy into reading TechCrunch and these types of blogs and podcasts and stuff. So we like to take bits and pieces. And really what we've, what, what I've seen as like the overarching thing is just touch points, right? The amount of times that you contact a person. So there's a really interesting um, uh, Harvard Business Review that basically, um, you know, I kind of use what's called the law of seven, which they say on average, it takes seven interactions with the prospective um, uh, uh, lead or client in order for them to become trustworthy or you to become trustworthy where they're willing to hire you. So that's called the rule of seven. So there's there's even statistical uh, metrics on this that your like chance of being retained between the like contact them three times and even six times is expon—I mean exponential to I, I, almost to a, you know, to a, a limit from calculus. It's, it's just, it's amazing. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's like if you had, you know, the first phone call with someone, you tried to convert them into a client, they don't quite trust you. And especially for law firms, they say the number one reason they've done studies on, you know, uh, on, on retention. They say the number one reason why a client decides to or to not hire a lawyer is based on trust. Right. Even if it comes through referral, 89 percent of people look online to find out about a lawyer before they hire them, whether they found them online or whether they found them through a friend. So it's really about trust. So I think for, for lawyers, the, t- the touch factor is really important. How many times you communicate with a prospective client? So for like a CRM, we built in a bunch of different touch points. If you go through our CRM and you go through the normal cycle, there's, there's no, there's no, it's not a secret and it, it's quite obvious, right? It's not a mystery why if you come through our system, your clients will get exactly seven interactions by time they get retained, including reminders, scheduling consultation, emails, and all that kind of stuff. So I think touch points is huge, which is also why we just recently integrated with MailChimp is because that way you can segment your users into different, you know, different areas, right? One for real estate, one for bankruptcy, whatever it may be. And then you can basically send different emails to different segments of people. So I think, I think frequency of communication and I think um, catered content I think is extremely important. You shouldn't have the same mailing list for a bankruptcy prospect as you should for a business formation prospect because they're interested in different things. They want to hear your expertise in different areas. So you should have different newsletters and all that kind of stuff. So for me, the biggest thing and one of the, you know, the the main overarching points to our product and our philosophy here is touch points, frequency and quality. It strikes me as as very well thought out. The idea of the seven times, of course, hopefully you're not you're not desperate to get in the seven every time because what if that client loves you the first time? I guess you're not too worried about them. <laughs> um, that's a, your philosophy for an effective CRM. What are the elements of an effective CRM? Yeah, so so before, before I answer that, I just want to say that um, when I say touch points i'm not necessarily saying like advertising or marketing i'm not saying like hey you need to reach out and stuff i'm saying like hey when you schedule a consultation sending them a confirmation email is a touch point when their consultation is coming up having a reminder goes to the touch point right when you send them a form doing it via email rather than telling them to go to your website and download a form, right? That's a touch point. So again, those are the kind of touch points that I'm Mm -hmm. talking about. But going back to your your question of 
So, like I said, I think the elements and kind of the overarching goals or, or, or uh, uh, points of it are kind of one and the same, right? The, the, over, the, the elements are the touch, um, the ability to have, you know, consistent interaction. So, for instance, like I told you about that MailChimp integration where you'll be able to send, um, you know, uh, mass emails to certain segments of people. I think that's a really important part of a CRM that you can't necessarily do with a spreadsheet or just a list of contacts is segmenting your people um, is really big. So, for instance, like I said, having different real estate people in a list for real estate versus bankruptcy versus business formation versus PI, right? Having different segments of people is really important. And then I also think um, it comes down to, um, you know, quality content. Um, and it kind of goes, I mean, we don't necessarily like, you know, tell people to do this or have this integrated product. But like I was saying, sending, sending qualified content to different people. So for instance, for us, we have kind of two different segments of people that come through Lexicata. Um, they kind of you know, cross over to each other, but you have the client intake side and then you have the CRM side. And while they're one and the same, people want to be marketed to differently. So we're obviously not going to send the same article about why a CRM benefits your, your, um, why a CRM benefits your practice to someone who's looking for client intake and same thing. So again, it goes back to having really effective interactions with people, not just plain interactions, right? Sending an email to someone saying, hey, just wanted to check in to how, see how things are going, not the most effective communication. Being able to communicate with them on a more specific and honed down level is important. So that's like kind of the, the big overarching point of communication um, and effective communication. So there are other tools that we've implemented into the system to help you better effectively communicate. For instance, we have a social media integration. So whenever you add a new contact into Lexicata, it's going to automatically pull in all social media related to that person, kind of similar to what you were saying with full contact, yeah. kind of giving you a 360 view of the prospect. So it's good for two reasons. One, if you've never spoken to that person before, well, this is a great way to learn a little bit about them and warm up the conversation. So for instance, you know, if you're about to hop on a consultation with someone and, uh, and you know, you found out that you have a common friend or you went to the same school or you grew up from the same hometown, boom, there's that number one factor, mm. trust, yep. to building trust is getting retained. Well, there's an easy way to get to that mission. So again, that's one of those tools that we have in there. If you've spoken to them before, well, then it's a great way to remember them by face or by qualities or whatever it may be. And it's also a great way to build your brand because you know what? Now you can go and easily add them on social media and interact with them. So now it's not just about emailing them or them coming to your website. Now it's about them seeing your tweets every once in a while or they've seen your Facebook book. Uh, post and getting those touch points. Um, I think those are kind of like the main elements that you kind of want to keep in mind is like building that relationship and then consistent interaction and then also just having that 360 view, uh, 360 degree view of what your contacts look like for your law firm. So again, being able to find those segments of people is really important because not being a service provider isn't just about providing that service. For instance, we are a software company. Does anyone expect anything besides the software from us? No. But if, you know, for instance, I have, you know, a friend who um, I, it actually happened this week. I had a, we signed up a, law, a lawyer in San Francisco who does fitness law. Okay. And he, and we, I have a friend who just opened up a nutrition shop here in LA. And I said, okay, great. Let's connect you. Right. So that's like kind of one of those sure. value ads that we like to provide. Like, how can we help you? And again, if I don't have a good pulse on my contacts, then there's no way for me to do that other than the very shallow version. So again, I'll say, you know, you know, you ask your client, 
they're going to come to you for referrals. One of the ways that you provide value to those clients is knowing who to refer them to and not just saying, well, I don't know, check on Avvo or, or check on Google or something. Be able to say, hey, I've got a great guy for you. That's a value add. So again, those are kind of the overarching like, principles and elements. Well, I think it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, in a lot of things you're saying, it's, again, you are giving, and this is one of the important things to think about when you're, when tech companies are selling to lawyers, the important thing is lawyers are actually, especially lawyers who do any work in trial, understand that there is a difference between providing all the information you need and empowering someone to act on it. Mm -hmm. That's one of the key things you learn when you argue to a jury. A jury can feel that you are entitled to everything you're asking for and still not give it to you if you don't actually let them know how much power they have and encourage them to use it. And so it's an interesting concept. You've got all that information. I, I was I was giving a presentation last week in Georgia, and I was talking about one of the things that Evernote has their Evernote their business card. You can you know scan in a business card, and through their connection with LinkedIn, it will automatically look up that person. And I said the single best thing that that does for you, if they're on LinkedIn and they've actually followed any advice on putting up their profile and they have a photo. You can act like you know a prospective client as much as you want, but if you walk into the room and there are three people there and you're not sure which one of them is the client, I think you've, you've probably already dug yourself a huge hole. So just having even that photo that you mentioned from social media can be huge because that recognition, the familiarity, it gets triggered not just when a person recognizes you, but they, they, they feel more familiar when you recognize them as well. Right, right. Knowledge is power, right? We as lawyers spend so much time. I actually uh, wrote an uh, article for the ABA uh, about six months ago about like the importance of data and, and all that. And basically, um, we as lawyers spend so much money going through school to acquire knowledge, mm -hmm. right? Um, but we don't really focus on gathering knowledge during the actual practice other than the actual practice of law. And one of the, the common things that I always say, in order to make good decisions, you have to have good information, right? And so in order, you know, in order to make, be a better salesperson or, or a better rep for your contacts or your, or your clients, you have to know more about them. And again, having that 360 view of all your contacts where if they ask you, hey, do you know anyone that does this? Oh, boom, I got 50 people. Your network is power. Um, and it's also about importance of issue spotting, right? Again, on an exam, there's, thing, there's a difference between spotting the issues and knowing what the reason the holding existed for, right? And, and same thing in law. It's like, yeah, there's a bunch of information I can give you. Oh, we have common friends, this, that, and the other. But it's up to you to find out, like, what are you going to hammer home as the way to build the trust? Is it going to be that you went to the same school? Is it going to be the fact that you have friends in common? Is it going to be the fact that, you know, you both like football or whatever it is? But you should be able to categorize that person. So if you come to their contact page eight months later, you remember what you talked about. You remember who they are, what they stand for, and what kind of conversation with you had. Because, again, you're not going to talk. You know, one thing I always say is, you're not going to talk to a 90-year-old woman the same way you're going to talk to a 25-year-old guy. So, you know, understanding that is important towards your process and your pitch and how you're going to sell your services. We are talking to Michael Chasen, the CEO of Lexicata, about CRM and, and how it can better help lawyers. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking about the specific tools and features available for law firms who sign up for Lexicata. So stick around. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the Legal Technology Review on any of your favorite podcast apps. Just search for the Legal Technology Review or the Cyber Advocate. You can also get all the latest on tools and tech for legal service professionals at www.thecyberadvocate.com. And we're back uh, talking to Michael Chasen of Lexicata. Michael, 
Give us an idea of the tools that Lexicata has and how they help with the different steps and stages of client and contact relationship management. Yeah. So, um, you know, basically, you know, the way I kind of describe Lexicata is a hybrid between a CRM and a client intake software. So not only do we really want to help track your leads, but we actually want to help convert them into clients. So we're not just focused on the tracking or the CRM element. We're focused on the actual retention, which is the client intake side. Um, for those of for those of your listeners who use a case management like a Rocket Matter, Clio, MyCase, Practice Panther, whatever it may be, um, the best way that a lot of people think about us, at least on the client intake side, is as a pre-case management. Those guys will handle your case. We're going to handle everything leading up to the case, and we kind of focus on three main elements of that. The first one's going to be CRM contact management, tracking your leads, following up with people, making sure they don't fall between the cracks. And then what we really focus on is actually like the workflow element and converting them. So the two biggest ways that we do that, or the couple biggest ways that we do that is one is going to be consultation scheduling and managing your tasks, right? So you can have auto reminders go out to your consultation saying, hey, your appointment's coming up tomorrow. Or you, you know, want to confirm everything with you, yada, yada, yada. We also have online intake forms, which is a really big element for a lot of law firms. The way that people have historically done these is here, fill out this piece of paper in the office, kind of like we're in the 1960s you know, medical mm -hmm. office, come in and here's a clipboard and a piece of paper, and then the law firm has to go manually enter all this data. Um, Lexicata allows you to build your own online intake form via our form builder, and you can build any type of form in whatever way you want. They're completely customizable. And even for, let's say, a Clio user, you can actually have those forms connected to Clio. So when the client enters their data, it's actually pushing that data into Clio for you. So you don't have to go re-enter that. So we're actually completely eliminating data entry for those firms. And then, you know, lastly is going to be getting them signed up right now that you've gotten them in the office or you've gotten them on the consultation, you've gotten all the necessary information for them. Now it's time to get them signed up. So what we focus on at that port is going to be automatically generating documents. So for instance, you know, an engagement letter, a retainer agreement, you can build your own documents and auto populate them with information collected during the intake. And then you can get that e-signed online. So basically the client doesn't, again, the old school way of doing it would be come into the office and sign it. And then it kind of evolved to, I'm going to send you a PDF, print it, sign it, scan mm -hmm. it, upload it. But that's a huge pain in the ass. It takes sometimes days, if not yep. weeks to get that back. And it's a big, you know, um, onerous process on the client. Um, and so basically we have e-signature built into Lexicata, unlimited signatures. You can get as many as you want. So if they're in the office, you can have them do it on iPad. If they're out of the office, they can do it from our phone, tablet, or computer. And that's basically the premise of the platform. Um, systematically and efficiently um, enable your law firm to process and organize the intake process and the conversion of leads to clients. And at the same time, making it a wholeheartedly better experience for the clients along the way. So it becomes a win-win. Um, what I always say is remove barriers from being hired. Right, A lot of lawyers put up barriers. Hey, fill out this 50-question form in order to hire me. Hey, download this and go to Kinko's and do this and bring this to my office. And they're putting all this, all this responsibility on the client when really the client already feels like they're getting the short end of the stick unless they're doing PI where they're not paying. Uh, they already feel like they're getting the short end of the stick and overpaying for something that they don't want. Um, you know, because you know, if you got a DUI, you don't want a lawyer. You need a lawyer. Yeah. If you're getting divorced, you don't want a lawyer. You need a lawyer. If you're, if you, you know, whatever it may be, if you're doing an estate plan, you don't want a lawyer, but you need a lawyer. I would say even in personal injury, if the personal injury side, you're still looking at someone who 
they may they may not technically be footing all of the bill up front, but I actually know it's becoming the the case that a lot of firms are you know requiring at the very least some expenses to be Cost, forwarded. Yeah, and, and and you know beyond that, you're already talking about people who believe that they were wronged in some way. So that's right. Nobody nobody wants to be there. When I I kind of give it an analogy is imagine if you walked into the Apple store and said I want to buy a computer, and they said okay great, make an appointment with me five <laughs> days from now, and go ahead and fill out this twenty page form on why on why uh, a computer is important to you and you're like what the f like are you kidding me like i just want to buy this right and that's basically what lawyers are doing is they're saying hey i'm going to make you go through a ton of work to pay me to do work for you when i am your basically you are my boss i am your client because i'm doing work for you so again making the process really simple really easy for the client and again making it really simple really easy and really efficient for the law firm and, well, and, and one of the other things i've noticed is you've also got that that one big question that everyone always wants to ask and always wants to ask and always wants answers for when it comes to anything about improving business practices how do I know this is working? You know, obviously, you can you only know until you start using it, um, and that's one of the difficult things about relying on technology. Is it's you know, while it might be ninety nine point nine nine percent reliable, it's not always one hundred percent reliable, right? You've got we've all over the last few years we've gone to Facebook and it's been down for five minutes, or we've gone to Google and it hasn't worked. So it happens from time to time, but it's pretty rare. Um, the way that you find it's working is just to try it, right? You have to implement it, um, but you also have to trust your peers. I don't think, you know, if you're looking at, you know, Clio has, you know, I don't know, so uh, 15,000, 20,000, I don't know what their number is, but let's just say 20,000 law firms that are using them in the United States. 20,000 people would not continue to use them if they weren't working. Same thing with us, same thing with any other technology. So obviously, whether you're looking at Lexicata or you're looking at Clio or you're looking at Google Apps for Business, you always want to look at reviews and look at your peers and not just reviews of people in other categories, but your peers. How are they using it? How have they used it? Um, you know, what, their be what benefits they've gained from it and whether the um, cost is justifiable. Um, for a lot of these softwares, they charge you and they're worthwhile, but you might not need them. For us, I like to think about us in a different category because we're one of the only softwares out there that's actually gonna make you money. So if you're trying to grow your law firm or you're trying to make more money or you're trying to organize, we can help you. But if you're like, you know, just trying to maybe save yourself five minutes a month of work, it's probably not worthwhile. And same thing with like Clio. If you're a simple business transactional attorney that takes credit cards and doesn't bill and doesn't invoice and do all that stuff, Maybe you don't need Clio. Maybe you could just survive with Google Apps for Business. Fine, but you have to make that just um, that that decision for yourself. Let's say not just beyond or not just talk about the clients themselves. I my big thing is networking, and I feel like there's not there's not much out there on the market right now for lawyers that really does a good job of. And it, it really almost needs to be a, a whole separate category of network relationship management because we're we're in some ways a lot like B two B companies in that. We get mm -hmm. references from other lawyers. We give references of other lawyers and to other lawyers. And so it's a lot like, you know, grocery store chains dealing with each other, not dealing directly with the customer. What kind of uh, features does Lexicata have that can help that type of management? Yeah, so there are certain features in there. For instance, uh, a lot of them do cross over. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so we don't necessarily have different types of contacts for like a, a, a referral, you know, potential versus a client. They're just basically called different types of contacts, but they're basically structured the same way. Um, but you can do, okay, so for instance, you can obviously enter into the system. You can take notes on them, which is really important because if you meet with them and get coffee and their son, Jim, just, you know, was Peter Pan in his eighth grade play. Six months later, when you talk to them, you want to be like, hey, by the way, I haven't talked to you. How'd that play go? Like, did your son kill it as Peter Pan? Right? That's the kind of thing that really warms up the relationship. So number one is notes. Number two is tasks, right? Being able to set follow-ups for yourself. Hey, get coffee with Jim in six months from now or give him a ring and just check in or send him an email. Okay, you can do stuff like that. Lexicata also has what are called email templates. So for instance, you can automate the drafting of email. So if you want to reach out to someone and say, like, I have a normal check-in email with them, you can not only automate the drafting of that email, so you're basically using the same email template over and over again, but you can pre-schedule those emails to go out at a later date. So you can actually set up an email to go out to Jim, checking in with him six months from now or every six months for the next six years. So you can actually pre-set up that kind of almost what we call a drip marketing campaign or like like a drip connection campaign or you might call it okay so that's another thing and then um and then uh lastly is our ability to tag contacts so like i told you one of the really most important part of a crm is the ability to tag people with what are called you know what we call tags but what are essentially keywords that pin people into lists or categories so for instance what someone might do is categorize someone as a um categorize someone as a lawyer and then tag them with keywords such as real estate, uh, referral source, and like Los Angeles Bar, uh, Los Angeles Bar Association networking group. So not only can you find Jim later because you know he's in your group, but you can find everyone who's in that networking group. So if you're about to go to an event or something like that, you can say, show me all of these people who are in this association. And then you can go and reach out to them and say, hey, I'm going to this event this week. Is anyone else coming with me? Right. And then you can send an email to those groups of people. So I think it's really important to keep that connection um, and really maintain that and nurture it. So those are some of the tools. Obviously, that's not every tool, but those are some of the major tools that's implemented in our software along with that MailChimp integration. So if you want to mass email all of your referral sources and say, hey, this month, if you send me a referral, I'm going to send you Dodgers tickets or whatever it is. Or, hey, just so you know, I just launched this you know, business formation area of my practice. So if you have anyone that needs business formation, send them my direction. Um, those types of ways to effectively communicate with your network and maintain that relationship is really what those overarching points are and through those specific kind of features that I mentioned, those are ways that are going to help you. Those are some amazing tools. I, that, that's, that actually sounds incredibly useful, and uh, I, I do hope that anyone listening uh, to this, if you have systems like that set up, this is a, a great way to automate all that stuff. Uh, well, Michael, I do have one more question that I do have to ask you because every uh, everyone who comes on uh, who works on a, a specific product, I do ask, and so far every single one has lied to me. Uh, do you have any uh, any new features coming down the pipe that uh, that you can share with us? Uh, he, yeah, for sure. Um, we actually, you know, we're, we're really transparent with our kind of development pipeline. And since we're still, you know, in the first couple of years of doing business, we're always throwing out new features all the time. Um, so really, um, so one of the, one of the big features that we just came out with, right. We just released probably five major features coming out, um, you know, uh, recently, um, we're about to launch an integration with a company called alert communications. Um, they're kind of like a Ruby receptionist, but specifically geared towards, um, law firm 
firm so they can actually do some like um, some intake for you. So that's a really important thing. Uh, we're also completely overhauling our form builder right now. So um, so one of the things that that's going to happen is um, our form builders are already really powerful, but now you're going to be able to have contacts who are filling out the form actually add people into the system for you. So for instance, if a husband is filling out an estate planning questionnaire, they'll be able to add in their wife or their kids as contacts in the system. So you don't have to go manually enter there in, which is a really big thing for a lot of people. Um, Zapier integrations will be coming a little bit down the road. And then really, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of things that are kind of coming uh, in the pipeline. You know, I don't like to give like timeline mm -hmm. on anything, especially if someone listens to this three months <laughs> yeah. later, they might be like, oh, this is already in there. Uh, but what really we're most excited about to start on um, to messing with, to start messing with is our analytics portion. Um, we have good analytics, but you know it's not um, the most extensive thing you've ever seen. But it does give the necessary um, tools and information to make good decisions. We're going to give you the power to you know pretty much filter by any criteria. You know, show me the conversion rate for estate planning um, clients that you know came from Facebook over the last six months, and be able to filter that kind of data and get that kind of honed in statistics, what I think is going to be extremely, extremely, extremely important. And that's the thing that I'm probably the most excited about <laughs> because it's going to, and I, like I told you, give, you know, in order to make good decisions, you yeah, have to yeah. have good information and we're going to allow you to basically get any information that you're going to want. And that's going to be extremely powerful. And hopefully within the next couple of months, we'll be releasing that again, no timeline. You don't know when this top podcast <laughs> yeah. was, maybe this is 2012, maybe this is 2020 and we're talking in the future, but you know, uh, you know, it's going to be coming pretty soon. I second your feeling on the analytics completely. I also feel like when it comes to analytics, there's always more that you, that you can do. Uh, Michael Chasen, CEO of Lexicata, want to thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate you for having me. And anyone listening, you can uh, go to lexicata.com or you can just click on any of the links in the Cyber Advocates blog post accompanying this podcast to learn more about Lexicata. Don't forget what we talked about at the beginning. If you uh, like what you heard, go ahead and give, uh, give us a share on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. I don't know if Snapchat or Whisper Signal will do anything for you, but uh, also don't forget to subscribe to the Legal Technology Review podcast. Go ahead and give us a rating and review on iTunes, and hopefully we'll see you next time. Yeah.